Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and joining me today once again is our good friend, Catherine Toniati Yanilevich. There we go. I stumbled on it a little bit this time. No. <laughs> That's okay. Well, today we are watching uh, Raunu Heinle. I'm just going to butcher all kinds of names today, Kat. And Jerry Pritchett. There, that one was a little easier. Who are yeah. both professional strongmen attempting to deadlift 400 kilos for reps. They're going to max out the number of reps that they do. And for those of you who are not familiar with kilograms, 400 kilograms equal to 880 pounds. So that is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to see this. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how many, how many they get. Well, here, let's, let's dive right into our predictions. I think we got it like the attempts are going to start in about three and a half minutes, or maybe we'll see some warm up, you know, uh, going on before the event starts. Yeah. We are watching this on the Rogue Fitness YouTube channel. So you can head on over there if you want to watch the replay. And I will let you guys know when the stream starts. That way you'll kind of be able to sync up with us during the podcast here. But I'm going to guess, okay, I know nothing about either one of these guys. So I just have to kind of guess. And I'm going to go with Rauno as the winner. I'm going to say he's going to win uh, just because I'm, I messed up his name. So I want to give him that. <laughs> So since I couldn't pronounce his name correctly, I'm going to say, all right, he's going to win. I'm going to send him my positive energy. And I think he's going to do 13 reps. And this was very difficult for me because I was like, okay, I, I have no context to go here, you know, on like how many reps these guys can do. I know when I watch the world's strongest man and they're deadlifting like on a big tire type thing, I'll normally see them get like 15, 14 reps maybe or so. Uh, so my guess is 13 for round new. Uh, and I'm going to say that Jerry is going to do 11. I think he's going to lose it by two reps. What do you think, Kat? Hmm. I actually didn't look up whether, um, I know they can use straps. I don't know if they can use suits. So I feel like that would play into my prediction. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Hey. I'm going to go, I'm going to rep Jerry Pritchett. Um, yeah, I'm going to rep Jerry Pritchett um, as the winner. Um, and I think he's going to get 10, 10 to 11 reps. Okay. And what, what do you think uh, Rauno is going to get? I think he, I think he'll be close. I'm going to say eight to nine. Eight to nine. Okay. So I, I went a little higher. Uh, yeah. that's, you know, I'm a novice, strong man, enthusiast and mm. practitioner, I guess. So, uh, maybe I bit off a little more than we could chew, but I have faith in Raunu. He's going to get those 13 reps, L lucky number 13. Let's see if he could yes. do it. Or if he's superstitious, he could always go 14. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad. I'd love to see double digits. I do think it, I do think it's possible. Um, on events like this in strongman, usually it kind of depends on the weight and uh, sort of what the apparatus is. But if, if a, a really good weight is picked, I think, I think we're in the ballpark. I think 10 is, is usually around a good number to win. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Um, certainly it's not as fun, I think, to see like 20 to 25 reps, which I have seen that 
um, yeah. in some competitions. Um, it, it is a little exciting, but you just think, oh man, if they had just made it a little heavier, it would have been, I think, yeah, a little bit more exciting. It's cooler to watch the heavy for those mid-range reps. And I'll be <laughs> honest with you, full disclosure, earlier today, I was like, okay, what is my prediction going to be? And I had like 20, 21 in my head. And mm-hmm. then when I did the math and I was like 880 pounds, I'm like, all right, let's bump that down a little bit. That's a little excessive. And uh, for anyone who is listening right now, the live stream just started kind of. We're on a, uh, a World's Strongest Man promo commercial that just started at this moment. They're showing uh, Thor with his deadlift attempt. They're actually going through the entire series of this strong man, strong woman you know, record setting, what was it uh, uh, super strong Sundays or are they calling it is, or Saturdays? Is that what they're calling it? Um, I think, I think so. If not, that should be the name. Yeah. That's super cool that every, every Saturday we just get to watch an event like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is great. I love to see strongman uh, doing this and I know uh, emphasis on records. Some people don't think it's good, but I think kind of right now, I mean, just to get it mainstream and people watching it every week, like you look forward to a baseball game or a football game. Um, if this is the way to do it, then I say, I say, go for it. Let's do it year round. 100%. Now I want to know your opinion on this. Do you think had the quarantine not occurred that we would be seeing this series right now? Was Strongman headed for this or is just, this just a result of everyone being locked in for wasn't able to go for his attempt in competition like he was originally planning. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think we would be seeing this right now. I think um, these attempts maybe would be done in competition and maybe you'd have a few one-off live streams. But to be honest, I think people would probably be doing these attempts even just as little exhibitions before a competition, um, you know, at events that were scheduled. I don't think we would be seeing this at all very cool i i think you're probably right and it this is a good thing to kind of you know if there are good things coming out of quarantine and being locked down you know this is a sport that obviously a lot of people care for you know you do the competitors do it's growing in fan base it's showing people that they can do extraordinary things especially when you hear about some of these people's like backgrounds where they came from how they train uh, I th- mm-hmm. think it's great motivation for everyone who's in lockdown and beyond. So I, I think this is a great thing to kind of come about that. And I, I'm just super happy to see the future growth of this sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think this can only grow it. And again, it's just, it's exciting for me to be able to tune in weekly because usually with Strongman, you know, it's uh, you're kind of waiting all year for those one or two events that you're really looking forward to. Um, but now, uh, with this and also with like, um, official strongman games, they stream, they do stream some events. You do, you have to pay, um, it's like $10 a month. Um, and then I think giants live, you can pay for their streams. So you can, you can kind of watch strongman year round, some of the bigger events, but this is, this has been really nice because it's been weekly and it's, it's free to watch just like cable television. Yeah. Hopefully it gets people. At least, you know, if it, at the very least, if it gets people squatting, deadlifting, and pressing, mm-hmm. and maybe picking up something heavy and walking with it, I think that's a huge mm-hmm. win. Oh, yeah. Now, for this event, what, what kind of training 
would you would you do for this? How do you prep for an event like this where you're going to be not only lifting super heavy, but you have to have the work capacity to mm-hmm. withstand, you know, okay, it's, it's, everyone knows it's so different. You do three reps, that feels vastly def- different than five reps, then eight reps, and then 10 reps. And it's like, how do you prepare for something like this? I think with a weight like this, um, 400 kilos is something that's probably both of these men can hit on any given day. Um, so they're not worried about, well, I have to get strong enough to hit one. Um, so in that situation, I would probably be working on, um, volume, a little uh-huh. bit more volume. Um, Do you think this is an attempt happening right here or a warm up? I, I believe that this is probably a warm up. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't look like, like, uh, like, 400. yeah, he, I mean, he, um, he doesn't, he's not really surrounded by people. I don't think he, you know, sometimes they use the nose torque and things like that. He didn't seem to be psyching himself up. So I think he's probably just warming up with a few. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise yeah, that would have been the most that, casual. If that, was, yeah. if that was 400, what he just did, I need to change my guess because we're going to be up near 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I saw him approaching the bar and I was like, Whoa, like, is the, are they going for it right now? And uh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I think they're going to make us, they're going to um, make us wait for that. They're not going to get right to the excitement. I think they're going to take some uh, warm up attempts. Perfect. Um, so back to what you were saying in, in training for volume. Yeah, I'd be doing more volume. I'd probably start um, a little bit lighter than what the target weight for the competition is. And then um, I would be doing, I don't know if it's a minute, if, if they're giving a minute or like 75 second time limit here. Um, but usually I'll start off with, um, um, I'll back off the weight, maybe 20% and then I'll do like 45 seconds max reps. Um, and then each week I will increase the weight and decrease the amount of, um, seconds. So then when I get close to 400, I'll start taking 400, uh, kilo- kilograms, let's say, um, I'll take that for like 25 to 30 seconds. And then I'll just be doing like two to three sets of 30 seconds, max reps. Um, working up and then be doing, um, get as close to the time that you would be doing in the competition. Um, usually I don't do the exact, the exact lift, the exact way until I'm, I'm fairly close, but still a few weeks out. And I might not even do the exact, I might not even do one minute or, you know, whatever the competition weight is. Just because you don't, you want to peak for that. So you might not, it depends on how taxing you think it might be. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, like uh, it, it might be different in strongman. I know there's a lot of power lifters who, you know, they'll deadlift every once in a while, just because of how mm-hmm. taxing deadlifting is, how important would accessory movements be here to kind of bring up that deadlift or just kind of maintain strength? Are you worrying about that at all? Or is it more just, okay, volume over time and peaking for the actual event? Um, I would definitely be doing all that accessory stuff, Um, especially since this is not um, like a maximal lift. I think usually you can, the body can handle a little bit more, even though you're going for like a straight minute, if it's like sub maximal weight, I find that that it's not quite as taxing as going for extremely heavy reps, as heavy as you can do, you know? You know, you're right. I see the mindset I'm in 
this is a maximal weight, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at 400 kilos, 880 pounds. And I'm like, wow, well, these guys are like, they would have to prep their nervous system prep for this mm-hmm. type of a maximal weight. And I'm not, I'm not taking into account that this is sub maximal for these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if this is like 80% maybe of their max right now. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I mean, if you're going, if you're going around 80% of your max, I think you can really be honing the accessory stuff. Um, and then also working a little bit on conditioning that can't hurt. That's why I like doing deadlifts where I say, oh, I'm going to do as many as I can in 25 seconds or 30 seconds. Um, you would be surprised how much faster, how much, how many more you can hit when there's like a clock on you. Um, and it's also a little bit of conditioning. Yeah. And uh, you know, that clock, you, you know, three, two, one go, it kind of gets your competitive juices going a little bit. There's a little bit of pressure on you. There's a little bit of that competitive atmosphere. Oh, I have to, I have to race against the clock now versus Mm -hmm. kind of just doing like a casual set. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, If you put a, if you say, Oh, here, do five reps and then you do five reps and then you put a clock on you and you're like, Oh, see how long it takes you to do five reps as fast as you can. You'd be surprised. Everyone should try that and see how much faster, (laughs) probably almost twice as fast. Definitely. Well, if, if, all right, if someone wants to try that at home in their gym or at their home gym, what's, what's the time frame? Like, are you saying 25 seconds and what's the percentage of their max just to kind of give it a shot? Um, yeah, I think if you wanted to just see where you sit, do something that's kind of like this event, um, take 80% of your, of your deadlift. And, um, maybe if you want to work up to it, don't just go all out today, but take like 80% and do like 30 seconds for maybe like a couple of sets. And then the next week, uh, go for 45 seconds and then maybe, um, you know, go 5% more, go 85%. Um, and then the next week, don't jump the weight, um, stay at 85% and then do try to go for one whole minute, um, without stopping. And I think that that would be fairly close to the stimulus of, of this event for them. Yeah. I, I can imagine a straight minute of deadlifting, obviously, you know, like, uh, uh there'd be a kind of a tempo and a cadence, you know, what, what kind of like, what are we talking here? Like a, a deadlift every three, five seconds, as opposed to maybe like wad speed, kind of just repping it out. Yeah. And also here, um, I think they have to reset each rep, which I know, like um, if you're doing CrossFit, a lot of times it's like touch and go. I think here and in strongman, um, you're going to be getting up and down commands. So the judge will tell you when you can lift and the judge will tell you when you can put it down. Okay. Very interesting. So slight pause at the top. So if you're doing this by yourself and you don't have a judge, maybe like a one Mississippi hold at the top, make sure you got control, bring it back down and kind of reset. Yeah. Um, it definitely, it, uh, it definitely slows you down when you have to wait for that down command. Cause you obviously have to wait for them to make the signal and then, you know, it, it just takes, and then you have to interpret that and then you have to actually put the bar down. So um, it will, you will be usually faster, um, if you're just judging yourself in the gym, even if you're pausing sometimes, although well, one Mississippi might be, I'd probably be like one miss and then down. Yeah. So, okay. So, so for the CrossFitters out there, this isn't Diane, we're not doing 21, 15, nine deadlifts <laughs> no. and handstand pushups no. where you're going to tap and go and just, you know, 
Maybe mm-hmm. you're getting full hip extension. Maybe you're not, you know, there's, it's just going to be a little bit more controlled with that maximum weight. Uh, you got to really make sure you chalk up uh, a hook grip. And now these guys are using straps. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, you know, there are some people who are listening who aren't going to have straps. So they might want to maybe take advantage of a hook grip or just a mixed grip, you know, mm-hmm. one hand pronated or overhand, the other one underhand. Uh, that, I think that's what I would go to if I wasn't using straps. Well, what would you do? I would definitely use an alternated grip. Um, I just, uh, I have never actually practiced deadlifting with the hook grip. Um, but I find that alternating grip, um, at this point for me, I'm not stronger than my grip. So that usually holds out pretty well. And, um, for actually the first three years of my strongman career, I refused to use straps. (laughs) I don't know why I just, no, I was just like, I don't need them. I can go a minute without straps. I don't like, to me, it was like, I don't need them. Um, so I was like, so I'm not going to use them. But um, anything you can do to take the effort out of your hands, I feel now it doesn't matter how easy the weight is for me. Um, I, use, I use them because then you don't have to think about grip. It's just one less thing to worry about. You just think about pulling. And yeah. you, can usually, you can usually pull a few more. Yeah, remove Even those, those yeah. obstacles, those barriers between you and the weight. Just mm-hmm. kind of get, get your grip set, use the strap, rep it out or do whatever mm-hmm. you're doing and then have a, have a good rest of your day. Yeah. Um, in general, I never use straps um, in the gym unless I'm specifically training an event for a competition. Um, I, even when I'm pulling max, max weights, I don't use straps. I don't need them unless I am prepping for a competition where I have to use them. So I want same conditions in the gym. Yeah. Now it looks like Raunu is suiting <laughs> up. So they are using okay. suits. And I'm, I'm feeling good about my pick here because it mm-hmm. looks like Raunu is the stockier, bulkier, you know, lifter. And so I relate to him more. Uh, so I, I, I'm thinking, you know, he's, he looks like he is definitely built for deadlifting. Yeah, I think he's definitely, he's shorter than Jerry Pritchett, which I think generally people think um, is more advantageous for deadlifting. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure. I mean, right now the biggest deadlift is Thor and he's what, six, eight, but I think maybe it's more about leverages. Um, yeah. Cause torso length plays a, a role. In yeah. This. Like you could right. be, you could be short and stocky with a short torso mm-hmm. and then that's going to be, you know, an issue, or you could be short and stocky with a long torso and that might help your leverage. And the same thing with just mm-hmm. being taller. Correct. Yeah. Um, so they are wearing suits, man. Maybe I should bump my my numbers up. But I'll, so he's I'll got, stick. He's got a belt on right now. He's got his straps. Are we thinking this yep. is an attempt right here, or is this still warm up? Uh, I still think that this is a warm up. Yeah, they haven't like flashed anything on the screen. Yeah, I think it's gonna flash. You know that it's an attempt. I think uh, again, I didn't really see anybody hyping him up. Um, I didn't see him kind of like psyching himself up. I feel like he knows he yeah, knows that he's going to get this. And it's, this is the first lift too. We're seeing him take with the suit. So he's got to warm yes. that up too and kind of get that going. I wish they would flash. on Absolutely. What weight this is though. I know it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, yeah. Cause he's got a mixed 
like he's got a giant green plate on there, then a bunch of reds, which we can assume what those reds are, but these green plates, I'm not sure. And I, I don't know how much room he has on that bar to put more on unless he has some nice I bet the I bet the greens are hundreds, and then maybe those other ones are 50 or the 25 kilo plates. Yeah, so. I think you're probably right. Oh, God. Yeah, that was nothing. So he just likes to hit. So seeing some differences here in the way they're warming up. So he's hitting singles, and mm-hmm. Jerry hit a couple reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I probably would be hitting at the lower weights. I would probably be hitting maybe three, four reps, very light. And then, you know, mid-range, um, let's, uh, if, I'm, if I'm trying to hit 400 kilograms, maybe I would be hitting, I don't know, 250, 275 for like two or three. And then from there, probably just singles because you want to really save it. You want to really save it all for the yeah. end. Looks like Jerry's suiting up right now. And yeah. I'm noticing a difference in the style of gym too. Like looking at Jerry's gym, everything looks very polished. It's beautiful equipment. You've got the, uh, the nice com- compact metal red plates. And mm-hmm. I'm noticing for Raunu, it's like an old school lifting dungeon. Like he's got the mm-hmm. mismatch plates, you know, it just looks like it's a barn. And I don't know that I, that really makes me, again, gravitate towards Raunu. It's like, I, I like the, mm-hmm. you know, that everything's not polished. It looks like a, a lifting dungeon versus like a more polished gym. Yeah, definitely. I really, really respect um, when people are, you know, lifting in that kind of gym where it's like, oh, I don't care if the plates match, you know, it's, you know, just get the work done. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, it doesn't have to be the exact equipment you're always seeing in competition. Just, you know, give me the old school stuff. I'll get it done. I'll put the work in and it'll be just as good. Definitely. Now it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Like uh, I can see the commentators right here. Mm-hmm. We got Lawrence Chalet. Mm-hmm. I just butchered his name and Mark Boyd and they're in their little zoom chat and we're in our little zoom chat. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. kind of the, the uh, like, it's like we're, we're two competing broadcast stations here i wonder what they're talking about um yeah i don't know i mean i know um i'll call him big laws i'm not sure why that's his nickname lawrence laws is a an a british a british nickname Um, was was he a professional at one point oh absolutely and to be honest um i think he was out at one time with a torn achilles but i think he is mostly healed probably still uh, maybe working his way back up um, from that injury. Uh, but he, um, did he win Britain's Strongest Man or Europe's Strongest last year? He's still in it. He's still very much in it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if he was still in the game because, you know, I, I see all his podcasts and his interviews mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I wasn't sure if he's just an official, you know, maybe he did a little bit in the past, but he's still legit. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's still legit. I think it was just that injury. He was out for so long, um, not able to compete. But I'm, I'm certain this year now with no competitions, he's probably taking advantage of that, uh, working his way back up. So he'll probably be on the Europe's Strongest Circuit next year, probably doing um, Britain's Strongest Man. Yeah. Now, Kat, that warm-up kind of looked heavy. What did you think did about he, that? Did he lift that? 
Yep. I, it's like I blinked and I missed the lockout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jerry Pritchard did, just did a warm up attempt, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it looked a little slow. It looked a little slow. Maybe he. Maybe that's just his style. It could be. I also I was tr- I was leaning in earlier and I was trying to count how many red plates that was. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't quite tell. Um, it looked to be seven, maybe around seven of those twenty-five kilo plates. And really, so that's, that's fourteen. So seven per side. That's fourteen total. Yeah. Did I count those? <laughs> so that'd be fifty-five times fourteen. What do you think that bar weighs? Um, it's probably not a forty-five pound bar. It's probably maybe what fifty-five, if you had to guess. Yeah, it could be 55, maybe even 65. I know some some deadlifts bars are that heavy. Well, um, it, that would be about 825 pounds. 14 of those red plates would be 770. So it, okay. I, uh, and it looks like they're busting out the scale. So I think what's next is, is going to be the rep out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that that was probably a single, like a heavier single closer to what they're going to be repping. So it does make sense that it looked a little bit um, heavy. Yeah. So, and now they're doing this at their, their home gyms. Do you think that once, you know, the restrictions are up, these guys will start to maybe meet to like compete in one-offs face-to-face against one another? Cause this event would be super exciting if they were like on platforms face-to-face. Like I, that will definitely get a couple more reps. If you can see the other guy across from you and you see, he's not stopping. A hundred percent. I'm not sure if they're going to be aware at all of what the other person is doing here. Um, and I, but I think it is a little bit of an advantage to know what the other guy is doing. Um, so you can either just make sure you're not, you're not slowing down. Um, you're not opening the door for them to, to, kind of uh, lap you, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if you're ahead, you want to make sure you're staying ahead. Um, but then again, it may be, it kind of depends on the lifter. Sometimes people just kind of just do their own thing. And sometimes if you start to worry about what the other guy's doing, it might affect you. You might say, oh man, he's going so fast, you know, right out the gate. Oh man, I'm behind. Maybe I should go faster. And maybe you don't stick to your game plan. Um, Oh, but these guys are seasoned, so I think for these guys, it would be an advantage to see to see the other person. Yeah, like you're right. You know, I didn't think about that. Not being able to see the other person, it casts that doubt. Mm-hmm. What is he doing, or what did he do? And I wonder too. What do you think? Do you think they're going to have them both go at the same time, or will they have one go before the other? I thought I just saw them do a split screen, testing out the split screen. I think they're going to try to time it exactly at the same time so that neither has an advantage. Um, certainly yeah, because you don't know if someone in the room is going to like be watching it and text out, mm-hmm. hey, Jerry, he did eight, you know. Exactly. And I, I think that that's why they're going to be doing it at exactly the same time, just so there's no chance that, you know, someone knows, oh, he did nine. So I have to make sure I do 10. And the other thing is, I think it's going to be, I, I think they, they have to put a time limit on it. They can't just say, uh, just deadlift till you can't anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if a timer pops up on the screen, anything like that. And we were talking about this earlier. They, it, this isn't like, you know, an odd implement 
type of deadlift. Like they're not deadlifting with huge barrels or tires on the side. They're using a standard elephant bar probably and whatever plates they just happen to have in their gym. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, I think Rauno is just going to be using those. I don't know if he's going to switch to like uh, more compact plates, but certainly they're just going to weigh them all just to make sure everything is exactly the weight. doesn't matter if it matches. Um, and I don't know as far as weighing, if like, I think they just have to be as close to 400 as possible. So if it's like 400.1, as long as it's 400. 400 or above would be cool. Yeah. I don't know if any of, if all of those plates are calibrated, um, like on Rauno's side, it didn't look like maybe I know the road plates are calibrated, so they should be exact. Um, but if he's yeah. over by like, you know, 0.1 or something like that, um, I don't know if they're going to compensate for that on Jerry's side or if they're just going to say, well, close enough. One, close enough. Well, now I'm wondering too, is, is there an advantage between the compact where it's all narrowed in very, very close or as close as you can get it to the center of the bar versus having those fatter plates where all the weight is stretched out? Like is Raunu going to get a little more whip out of the bar? Is that an advantage? What do you think? I think... I actually think spreading it out is better. Have you ever like lifted with metal plates and then like, darn, this is heavy and then done like bumpers and been like, what the heck? Oh yeah. 100%. It's like, it's, it, yeah. it, it feels at least 25 pounds heavier. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, um, now we're talking about just like the stop, uh, like a stopped deadlift. We're not talking about like a touch and go, which with bumpers could feel maybe a little bit lighter of course but we're talking just like a dead stop deadlift i think that spread of those plates uh, of the bumper plates um i believe that that just feels a little bit lighter and i don't know the physics like the formula behind it but i believe that there is something some physics professor out there could explain the phenomena of why um interesting I, yeah and I don't know if it's the similar to farmers. If you do a farmer's walk where all the weight is directly under your hand versus like a bar with like plate loaded, when it's all under your hand, it feels heavier. Well, it's kind of like the, like a, a dumbbell versus a kettlebell. Like mm -hmm. all of the weight is compact. So all of the mass and the center of mass of the yes. implement is all just concentrated right mm -hmm. to the center under your hand. And right. you, would, you would think that it would make it easier to lift, which actually it is kind of easier swinging a kettlebell than swinging a dumbbell. It just mm -hmm. feels better probably because of, of that right there. So it probably has something to do with that, just how compact it is and what the actual center of mass of the implement is in mm -hmm. relation to your center of mass while you're trying to move it. Yeah. Yep. I, I definitely agree. So they're weighing all of round news plates now individually making sure they, I, I wonder if, see, like, like watching the rogue, you know, like, like the videos of the rogue invitational from last week, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I saw how they had the setups for the barbells and everything. And rogue just sent them all the same equipment. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if, if strong man needs to catch up a little bit that way. It's like, Hey, just send round you know, a bunch of rogue competitive plates. So he doesn't have to do this. And we, we know they all weigh the same. Yeah. I mean, this is powered by Rogue, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they didn't. 
Um, it does look like Rano does have some. Yeah, he's got that one metal plate right there. It's a different, an off-brand. Some foreign foreign name was oh. on it. I didn't catch that. Um, yeah, and maybe because this is a World Ultimate Strongman event, it's not like the Rogue Strongman event. Maybe that's why. True. Maybe Rogue's but, just a sponsor. They're like, hey, we'll give you yeah. airtime. You know, mm -hmm. we'll provide some of the prize money. If there is even, are there prizes for these things? Like, are these guys, you know, winning any kind of, you know, trophy or other than the record, are they getting paid? I think so. I think so. Have, I don't they have know. To be, yeah. They have to be. I mean, um, otherwise I like some of these guys, it's like, why would you get up out of bed? Like, of course you want the record, but like, like you're going to, you're putting on a show. It's your image. You're putting in the work for it. You know, this is how they, they oh, make yeah. a living. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think world's ultimate strongman. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, this is their event, so they have to be making something on it. Not sure how they're doing that, but um, I think these guys, they want the record, but they also have to, you know, feed their families. So this is their livelihood. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't expect them to put on a show and not give them something. Yeah. It's only fair. They're professional athletes. And yeah. I see that uh, Zadrunas is on. So Zadrunas is going to be yeah. judging. I, I love how he's, he's the master judge now. Yeah. Would you say he is the most respected person in strongman? Like if you're going to have one person that everyone looks up to, you know, who's going to be the, the president, who's going to run this whole show and everyone can trust. Do you think it's him? Yeah, absolutely. He, he's been probably the, the strong man who has the longest successful career. Um, he has won certainly the most shows, um, been the most successful. He has, he still holds a record in the log press, um, <laughs> For the last five years, no one has broken that. So I would say he's the most decorated, most respected, most, um, I think, appropriate to call him, you know, the top strongman living today. Well, that, that makes sense why they keep calling him in then to do this uh, and to judge, you know, you know, whatever he says, not only is it going to be fair and legitimate, but the lifters as well will probably respect the decision. So if he says there was mm -hmm. no rep, they're going to be like, well, how am I going to argue with Big Z? You know, like he's, he's the man. He's, he's not just some regular guy. Right, exactly. And I mean, to my knowledge, I don't really think he's ever had any beefs or any issues with any of, of the strongmen over his whole career. Um, so I don't think anyone questions, you know, whether he would favor someone over another person. Um, I think he is, he is fair and, and, and balanced and certainly knows certainly knows his stuff and how to judge correctly. That, that's a cool thing too. I really respect that, that he's, especially because it seems like there's been so much beef in Strongman. Like, and really like the main one I know is, is Thor and Eddie. But I assume, you know, like uh, a lot of the guys maybe bump heads on some things. So it's really refreshing to see that the most successful guy is the one who kind of stayed away from all of the drama. He's like, you know what, mm -hmm. I'm just going to come and, pick up this stone. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like this isn't uh, you know, about my ego or anything like that. I'm just going to put my head down and do the work and his results speak for themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the reasons I think I gravitated towards him because he just, he's kind of, he, he is a little bit of a quiet strong man. I don't think he, 
he's not a big hype guy. He doesn't get crazy. He just kind of goes up there and lifts and it speaks for itself. And I really, I really admire that. And I aspire to be like that. I like that. He's, he's the gentle giant. What, Mm -hmm. what's the, what would you call, all right. So a really, really big guy or big person who's really strong and they're soft-spoken and quiet and humble like he is, you, like some people would say, oh, gentle giant. Mm -hmm. What about like a guy who's like five, five and is quiet and humble is like, it's a, a, I don't know. I'm trying Um, to think of the terminology here. What would it be a, a a peaceful mouse? I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what, what the um, equation would be. I don't know. Like a, like a, like a gentle, gentle teddy bear. <laughs> hey, all right. I like that. I can, I can go. I'm not bored. I don't know. Bear. What's like a, like a, a gentle koala. Cause koalas are like, they're a bear, but they're like not huge. Right? Yeah. And plus they got those claws. So I mean, oh, a koala claws. will mess you up. Absolutely. I actually think they do look sweet, but I think if you meet one, they're more likely to like totally shred you. Uh, then, then, then looks wise, they look like they will hug you, but they will shred you. They are tough. Yeah. I think that's where people go wrong when they see things like a koala bear out in the wild. And mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to get an awesome selfie. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, your face is gone. Yeah, for, for sure. The other small animal that it sounds tough, a wolverine, right? Wolverine like, sounds tough. But if you see a wolverine, you're like, that it's like so small but though wolverines are they are fierce but when you see them they they don't i don't know they don't look cute but they don't look tough either but they are all right so i mean we we, all right so the the shorter guys have our pick between koala bears wolverines we -hmm. can't really go honey badger because honey badgers are just aggressive all the time i guess i guess there are some shorter statured folk who are more like honey badgers because they're just very high strung. Maybe they're trying to compensate for being shorter, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess there yeah. are some honey badgers out there. Those are the lightweight guys. Those are the lightweight guys. We're talking about like the, you know, maybe the middleweight heavyweight guys that are shorter. Those okay. are the middleweight heavyweight. You got the power belly. You got to have a power belly. Of yeah. Sort. You got to have, got to have that power belly. It's good for lifting logs and axles. Exactly. You can, you can rest the log or the axle on top of your power belly to help yeah. you lift it. It's part of the technique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, we're, on, we're on commercial right now. And I think mm-hmm. when we come back, we're going to see the first attempts. It looked like they were gearing it up and lining up the bars. So this is going to be, all right, let's, let's recap. I said 13 for round new mm-hmm. and I said 11 for Jerry. And your guess was, what was it again? Uh, mine was, we'll, we'll go with the top range for each. I said 10, I think I, I think 10 for Jerry, nine for Ramo. Okay. So there's going to be a one, a one rep. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be within one rep, but, uh, who, who knows though? Uh, they may surprise. I'm hoping for a surprise. Yeah. Like let's just see someone just go full send. 20 reps, just not a care in the world. There's, there's going to be blood coming out of the nose. You think we're going to see anything like that? Like any kind of like, uh, like, like, of course we're going to have red faces. We're going to have projectile, you know, coming out all over of the mouth and everything that just happens. Uh, but do you think we're going to see any bloody noses? 
Mm, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think it's possible, but to be honest, I don't think so. I think, I think because it's a lighter weight, I think, um, and it's not a maximal weight, even, even those last reps, which will probably be maybe a struggle, right? You're going to go yeah. until those last reps might be a little bit of a struggle. I still think it's, it's not going to be heavy enough to, to go get a, give a bloody nose today. Have you ever, have you ever experienced the bloody nose off of like a really maximal deadlift? Like I've never done it, but I have experienced, you know, that face pressure. Like there's, there's a certain weight threshold that once you start to lift it, you just feel that internal pressure in your skull and your nasal cavity. And you're just pushing so hard. I could totally see how it happens when you get to some of these really, really heavy weights. Um, I have had one, um, but I had like a bad cold. So my nose was, I think just raw from like blowing my nose all the time. So I have had it, but it wasn't on a particularly heavy set. It was just like on a moderate set. Um, but the, the one thing I have had on extremely heavy sets, um, uh, petechial hemorrhaging of my entire face and body. Just, really? Yeah. Just, um, just little red dots literally everywhere, like, fr- like completely covering my body um, to where I thought my legs, I thought I had a rash from going into a hot tub but um they they weren't raised they were under the skin and then i went to the doctor and it was just hemorrhaging under the skin wow what what was the weight the weight was um let's see i did 405 in a suit and then i think it happened another time with all over my body probably like 380 i think i was going for at the time wow yeah i've yeah. definitely never experienced that just full body just breaking of capillaries and hemorrhaging and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something that happened recently, I think, cause I was on, um, NSAIDs for my, for arthritis. I think that that, uh, that contributed to it. I know people who have them that aren't on any of that medicine. Um, I, I could see but that. I, I think that that's why for me it had happened particularly at that time. Uh-oh, we just lost, okay. Oh, no. Oh. Okay, so it looks like Raunu is going first. And oh. he's suited up. He's got his belt on. Zadrunas looks like he's ready. That's the, See, that's the scary part. Like, if that screen goes black on a lift or the connection is poor for Zadrunas, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, but I imagine they have a backup system. Obviously, they're recording it. There's got to be a backup system because my feed right now is freezing a little bit and there has to be a backup judge there um, just in case the feeds yeah. go out. There has to be somebody else there counting in person that um, is authorized to, to make the call. Yeah, I, it almost seems like it's Raunu who is getting, his screen is freezing and it's getting blurry at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jerry's coming out too. So it looks like oh, we're yes. doing this at the same time. So I was going to say it's split screen. So like, why wouldn't you go at the same time if you're doing yeah. split screen? So they have to have their own individual judges. I mean, because what happens if one of them's going faster? You know, maybe Zadrunas is just officiating overall, you know, and making sure it looks legit. But how can you judge two people at the same time? Yeah, it could be. He could just be there to observe and make sure all the rules are followed and everything is going as it should. Yeah. All right, here we go. They're both strapping right, Strapping in. in. 
this is I really hope they have a counter on the screen. <laughs> Here, I'll count right. Ranu. You're counting Ranu, I'll count Jerry. All right, I'll count in my head. That way we're both not counting out. Okay. Oh, there is a counter. Never mind. Oh, good. Rano is busting them out fast. They're both on three reps. They're both they, on a steady pace, though. They have a minute left. There's oh, four. So, they, well, so they're giving them 75 seconds. That's five for Raunu. Oh, Jerry missed the lockout on that one. Yeah, and he, he took his hands off. That was something I wasn't sure of, if you can take your hands off. Mm -hmm. Raunu's on his knees, shaking his head. I think he got a little woozy on that last one. They've got 30 seconds left. Jerry's getting back on the bar. Come on, Raunu. Yeah, so um, he's got the figure eight strap, so he can't actually let go. I mean, I suppose he could, but it's oh. easier not to. Oh, no, Raunu just missed... Rep number six. Oh. It looks Jerry, hard. no, pull even. Oh. It's four to five. Ten seconds, yeah. This is they both like wow, they gassed out fast. Oh, Ron is going for another one. Yeah. Oh no. He Jerry pulled. No. See, oh. all right. Jerry wasn't even budging it from the floor. And all right, so we were way off. It looks like Raunu won five reps to four reps. Mm -hmm. um, I really wasn't expecting it to go like that. I um, I saw Jerry do the four on Instagram and it looked pretty good. I was thinking maybe, you know, sometimes people, uh, it, it kind of looks slow, but that's just kind of like their pace, you know? And yeah. also, you know, he was peaking for today. So obviously I figured he was going to do more today. Um, so I was thinking, well, maybe he'll surprise me and he'll do 10, but, uh, they're replaying Jerry's set here. So there he is at rep number three. And yeah. He just four. did not. There's four. Easy. Look at those shorts though. I think these guys got to start wearing leggings. Yeah. Get, get the, yeah, he's, yeah, I could see he's not yeah. locked out there. He's, yeah. it's like, he it's couldn't. getting. It's like he's getting caught on his shorts. I mean, I don't know if that was like the big deal, but sometimes just a little bit. It doesn't well, even take so well, no, little you're, bit of friction. You're, you're right. Look at Rounder right here. That bar is just gliding right up his thighs and right up into the singlet. Yeah, he's wearing, I think that is just the suit, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, just, it's, suit. Very, it's very tight to his legs. And, you know, in, in weightlifting, one reason that a, a singlet is beneficial is that the bar is not going to catch on it, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So it reduces the friction. If you're trying to lift a heavy weight and you have friction, you know, a negative force kind of slowing mm -hmm. the bar down, then of course the, the lift will be harder to make. So I think that Raunu was smart in his attire choice for today, definitely. Yeah, I don't know if that's just what Jerry's more comfortable in, but I think, um, I think he needs to talk to Rob Kearney and Rob needs to get him some really nice uh, jazzy leggings. Definitely, because 100%. I know for me, I don't know how girls do it, but I see girls um, deadlift in like the little, the short shorts, you know? And for me, just even the stick of just like, if I'm a little sweaty on my thigh, that can just be enough friction um, to just stick at a point where if I, if it was able to glide, I would get the yeah. rep easily. So I always wear leggings or very long shorts. Um, 
because I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything stopping me from lifting. Um, I don't want to. I've gotten so used to lifting in sweatpants over the fall and and winter. And I do find it more comfortable to have just full coverage Mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, just like you're saying, you catch the bottom of the shorts. Yeah. Let's, let's see what, let's see what Jerry's saying here. Let me, uh, let me see if I can get it going. He's probably just recapping how it felt. Let's just do a quick check in with Jerry. Uh, next week, we're probably World's Strongest Man in November. Get ready for that. Any message to the aspiring strongman or word to the fans watching? Uh, thanks for your support and everybody's pursuing strongman. Keep working hard. Okay, so he's talking about his next steps. Here's Raunu. Uh, doing five reps of 400. Actually, today was very hard. I did a small mistake. I did five rep, and then I start to rest. I rest 30 seconds and try it again. But uh, usually, if I do four reps, I do straight away how much I can do. And after resting, I wasn't able to lift anymore. Um, I know six, it's possible to do, and maybe seven. But five, it is equal what people have Corona and Ayasha have done before, but I wanted to do more. Understandable. Uh, and uh, how does it feel being in, in front of us such a large audience? That feels good. It's good. We're doing team at Strongman. He's doing this kind of events because right now we don't have any competitions and it's amazing to do something. Yeah. And what's next for you? Next goal will break world max deadlift record in October or something. I will do that. And any messages to the aspiring strongman uh, or a word through fans watching? Just keep training. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so he's he is definitely not happy with that. Uh, he he obviously was expecting more, and he looks like what are you saying? He his game plan. Uh, he must have changed it on the fly because uh, he was he was he was cruising through those first like two to three, and then he took that yeah. rest and he was just kind of not able to bounce back from it. Yeah, um, I I agree with what his original game plan was, and that is something I always do: is you just you go until you can't go anymore. Um, for me on deadlift, I think once you stop. Um, you just, you kind of lose the groove and it's better to just fight through reps when you're tired than to stop. Um, because getting it, getting it started again is the hardest part. And I think it's better to just fight through, um, and stick with a, stick with a pace. Yeah. You just, you lose whatever stretch reflex you go in, whatever you had Mm -hmm. going, whatever energy you had on Mm -hmm. just lowering the bar and getting that touch to the floor. Yeah, that's um, I I definitely see what he's saying. So it must have just been like maybe a mental mental lapse. You know, he's just like, all right, I hit five, and and I wonder too. He said that the five is kind of the record on mm-hmm. what most people are doing, which I I definitely didn't know that going into this. I that's, did I did not know that. Yeah, that's it's such an obscure record, and so I was definitely shooting way too high with my thirteen and, and eleven. But uh, he, I wonder if he hit five, and he's like, that's the record okay, I need to stop. 
and I need to gear back up again to do more as opposed to just sticking with that game plan and just, uh, if anything, it would have just been better to miss the sixth lift in the original sequence than Mm -hmm. to miss it, you know, like he did two or three times right after. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think probably that sixth rep probably would have been a grinder. And I think um, he was thinking that that effort might keep him from doing more reps. Um, But I think it was just a small miscalculation. He thought he'd be, he'd go in, after the rest and maybe hit six and then seven, um, yeah. maybe even go for an eighth. Uh, but I, I think that just today it, it just wasn't happening. And, and if you think about the conditioning too, when for this, this heavy, but wait, you hit five reps and then you stop and you're going to rest 30 seconds, probably about 15 to 20 seconds into that rest is when the set hits you you know, like, like your, uh, your adrenaline kind of maybe dies off a little bit and then you start to feel your lungs as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, like being able to keep your breath and keep your conditioning. It's, it's kind of like in a, a CrossFit workout, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, something I'll equate it to is, is like Fran, right? If I know as, as soon as I put down the bar, if I put down the bar in that first set of thrusters, as opposed to just continuing to go and expend that free energy, when you go to pick it back up again, you start to feel gassed versus if you hold on to it, you drop the bar after the first 21, you go to turn to get on the pull-up bar. And that's maybe when it starts to hit you a little bit. And that's maybe when I would expect to hit it. But if I feel that during the first set of thrusters or maybe just a set in general, mm-hmm. that's going to put doubt in my head on the rest of the set and finishing it. Everything just feels heavier now. Cause you're like, Oh gosh, and like it's setting in early that feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think um, sometimes you, you rest because you're like, oh, if I rest, this next bit will be easier. But then it, it turns out that, you know, resting just makes you realize you're tired and then you feel more tired on the next half. I find with the deadlift, it's better to just go. <laughs> yeah. Just go and don't stop. Pick a pace and stick with it. Um, the second that you stop for a few seconds, for me particularly, um, I always find that it does not work out. Um, so going in, I force myself to, if I rest, I rest at the top, not the bottom. Cause you can think when they say down, you don't have to put it down. You can take a breath and then, you know, put it down. I think maybe with this weight, maybe that's not a great yeah. idea. I don't know, but, um, well, Hey, they got straps on and that, I think, true. I think you're right too, because, uh, uh, imagine this, like, and anyone listening can try this or the next time they're deadlifting take like a big breath while you're standing and then bend over at the hip and try to take that big breath. It, it feels maybe harder to take that breath in when you're already bent over and your, your diaphragm's a little more compressed. So I, I think there is something to take in the air at the top for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in those later reps, it's very, it's very difficult. You're breathing hard. It's heavy and now you're tired and it's hard sometimes to stick to the game plan. Um, but sometimes you just, you have to kind of trust, you have to trust yourself before you're, before you're under that load, you know? Yeah. And 100%. You, you always, you always have that plan, right? You always have that plan, right? Until, until you do the event, but you have to just force yourself sometimes to. Well, I think that panic. makes, that makes me, it, it's also, you know, I wish it didn't happen to him, but mm-hmm. it also just goes to show this stuff happens to the pros too. Mm-hmm. Like you got a guy who's deadlifting 880 pounds, 400 kilos, 
for five reps. He had a game plan going in. He's, he's a professional strongman, and he threw his plan out the window mid-set, and it cost him. And mm-hmm. I know I've done that before. You've probably done that before. So I've done it. It's, it's, uh, it's something that can happen to anybody, whether you're a pro or not. And so I think it's kind of, you know, it's a good thing to kind of learn from. It's like, okay, uh, this could happen to anyone. So if it does happen to you, don't beat yourself up about it too much. Just try to do a little better next time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are the top guys in the world, the pros, but even pros tend to make um, small mistakes every once in a while because, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing really heavy weights and sometimes, you know, you think you're, uh, you think you're just going to switch in the middle. They think, oh, maybe, you know, last time I did this, I did that. Maybe I'll, I'll switch right in the middle. Um, but yeah, it does happen to everybody. And I'm sure that next time though, he will learn from this and he probably will stick to, he'll force himself to stick to the game plan. Hopefully. De- definitely. Definitely. And he, he, and he said his next goal is, uh, in October or the fall sometime, he wants to go for that deadlift world record. So I yeah, guess yeah, 502. Wow. I, I could see it. You know, he looks compact. You know, it's different to see mm-hmm. such a, a different body type from Thor, who's just massive on all accounts. Like not only is mm-hmm. he tall, but he's like way wider than both Jerry and, and Ronu. At least he looks like it and just overall massive human being. And he pulled it. And mm-hmm. Eddie is more on the – Eddie looks like he's closer to the size of Ronu. So it'll, I think he can definitely do it and I'll be interested to see that. And it's kind of cool that more people are going to start to chase that record. The, the door is open now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think now we're just going to, every year, we're just going to have a couple of attempts at that record. It's just going to keep going higher and higher. And uh, from the way he looked, I mean, Rowney really came out very fast and um, he hit those five reps very quickly. Like his speed his speed was really good. So I'm interested to see what he would do for just a single. Um, yeah. I mean, they had 75 seconds to do max reps and he hit his first four and five within, what do you think? The first 30 seconds. And then he was going to take 30 seconds off and have like 15 or so to go for a little extra. Yeah, he absolutely, he hit those. I'd, I'd like to look at the replay, but within about 30 seconds, and uh, Jerry seemed a bit more measured, like he was, um, he was going slower from the start, um, but just kind of sticking a slower pace that he was going to kind of stick with maybe for a longer time before he rested, which seemed like what he was going to do. But then on that fifth rep, it looked like uh, things went a little wrong for him, um, catching on his shorts and not locking out. But um, yeah, the way Rauno hit those first five reps, I thought, oh, okay, he's going to stop he's going to take five to 10 seconds max and then get back to it. And I think he just rested a little bit too long. Yeah. And he's, it, it's, it's interesting too, cause they were using two different types of straps. So Jerry mm-hmm. was able to unstrap pretty quickly and take a step back and he's standing tall breathing versus Rauno, who he's locked in. He's got that figure mm-hmm. eight strap. So he's not going anywhere unless he wants to burn the time to try to get out of those straps. So he's just kind of, arms leaning forward, hanging onto the bar and he's on his knees behind it, just trying to recover. And I wonder if, if he would do, do you think he would do better if he was able to recover like Jerry? I think certainly yes. 
for me, when I'm in those figure eight straps that are just hooked around, when you're resting at the bottom like that, and um, you're, it's not as effective of rest as if you can stand up. Um, but it is faster when you are going to get back to lifting, you don't have to wrap the straps again. So it's an advantage in speed that way. Um, but I think it's a disadvantage when you're kind of hunched over the bar. I don't feel like the rest is as efficient. Uh, yeah, I might personally. as well get the advantage with the recovery aspect versus on the speed of having to restrap. Plus they were in suits and um, suits are so restrictive at the bottom. Um, when you grab that bar, I mean, I'm thinking maybe he just didn't get the air he thought he was going to get. Um, or maybe just today he didn't recover like he thought he was going to recover. I mean, he's probably well-versed in wearing suits and yeah. using straps. I, I think you're right. I think some of that it probably did play a little, a little bit of a role into it. And who knows, maybe he started to feel that and then that messed up his mental game and mm-hmm. it was just all over because the misses – the way they were missing was also different. Like Jerry was, when after he hit his four, for that fifth rep, he was really struggling to budget off the ground. Like it was coming off maybe a little bit, but he was <laughs> missing mostly off the floor. And I think he tried to get back on the bar a couple more times than Raunu did to try to budget to get another rep. Versus Raunu, he was getting it closer to his knees. He wasn't passing his knees, but he was definitely getting more lift off from the floor. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Rauno was was faster off the floor on this one, which, again, I'm just so surprised um, that he he rested that long. He just, he didn't even seem tired. Like, the speed that he had, he didn't even seem like he was gassed or anything like that. Yeah. But. And for uh, anyone listening, just for some perspective, I did the math. So he did 880 pounds in a span of, let's say, 30 seconds. And it's probably 30 seconds on the high end. He probably did it quicker than that. So in 30 seconds or less, he lifted a total poundage of 4,400 pounds, 880 times five. So that's, that's a lot. That's, that's like that, that might be some people's entire training session in poundage, you know, depending on what you're doing and what percentages you're working with. So that's just incredible to get that amount of work done in less than 30 seconds. And plus you could even, you know, there's other formulas you could use to kind of figure Mm -hmm. out his power output. You know, if you knew, you know, how far he was raising the bar, things like that. Yeah. Trying to see 400. So, um, so his best recorded deadlift that I know is 450 last year, um, at Dubai, um, where he won. And so I just did the math. That's about 88% of his max. Um, And then I'm not sure what Jerry's max is, but if I use his best recorded, it's about 86% for him. So they're, they're pretty close there. Um, So if anyone wanted to kind of recreate for themselves, you know, take a few weeks to, yeah, take a few weeks. Or if you want to just go today, give yourself 75 seconds, take, 88% 88% of your one rep max and try to hit it for as many reps as you can. Um, that will simulate what these men felt. And you can, uh, you can, you can re-grip, you know, so like the, the rule would be you have to set up on it, stand tall with the deadlift, pause for about a one Mississippi count, 
uh, and then you can lower it back to the floor. You can't drop it. So no, no dropping and regripping. But after you lower it to the floor under control, you can take your hands off it. So if you have to take mm-hmm. a step back, shake out your hands, get more chalk, that's okay. Uh, really, that just counts against you because the timer is still going. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you don't have anyone giving you up and down commands, just just do that count and you can take take your hands off. Um, you can hitch. It's a strong man, not powerlifting. So you can hitch. That's okay. Yep. You got to fight it up those thighs a little <laughs> yeah. bit. No, no problem. Just make sure you get the full lockout. Yep. And hey, you know, if you decide to try it, uh, tag the barbell strikes back and yeah. tag a uh, strong caddy so we can see it. Yeah, you know, like, let us take a look at your attempt. You know, I, I want to do the math here once we get off the show and kind of see what my, my 88% would be. What do you know what would, it, what would it be for you, Kat? Let's see. Um, we'll go off of what I've hit recently. So 380 times 0.88. So for me, it would be 335. So um, I have hit 335 earlier in this year. If you want to watch the video, I hit it for five reps. Um, And then I did it in competition. It was slightly different setup. It was, we were standing on a big block and I I was lifting tires, but it was the same height as a regular deadlift. And there was sand in the tires. It was very strange. I hit four. So I wasn't as good in in a competition as I would uh, was on a standard bar, but well, I hey, say- on the standard bar, you uh you kind of percentage wise matched Rounu. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess so. These percentages are pretty good. I hit five of my 88 percent. He hit five of his 88 percent. Um, so and so that would probably be a pretty good goal for anyone trying to mm-hmm. like see if, if you can get to five. Now, let's say someone doesn't get to five, like they get one or two. What is that telling us uh, that they need to work on uh, and how can they evaluate their abilities? Like there's obviously a strength component too, but maybe there's a conditioning component. Like how would you measure that from a coaching standpoint and say, okay, here's where you're lacking? Well, first I'd have to see if you put, you know, that, that minute on the clock and you're only getting two I'd need to know where are you failing? Um, are you doing two and then you simply can't budget off the ground? Are you doing two and then on the third one, you just like, you can't lock out and then you try again and I just can't lock out and your lockout is just getting worse and worse and worse. Sorry. Are you missing like Jerry versus missing like Rauno kind of? Yeah. So I just need to see like where you're failing and then that would probably lead me to, um, helping you with that particular area if you're if you're if you're getting it off the ground but you just can't seem to budget past your knees or 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 lock it out probably you would be doing um maybe some uh elevated pulling from you know 13 to 15 inches um to work on your lockout um might be using some bands um to try to to increase that lockout if that's the issue if your issue is off the floor then we would be doing some different things probably um probably some deficit deadlifts, um, maybe even like some isometric deadlifts um, where like you lift against something where you can't move it and then you move the bar away and then you do like a speed deadlift, something like that. Um, Lot of different uh, exercises that you can do, choose from. Very cool. uh, I mean, these are good, great strategies for anyone listening, you know, 
one, record yourself so you can watch your lifting back if you're just lifting in your home without a coach. But then it's like, think about where those sticking points are. And mm-hmm. these are some things that you can use to work on. Like you said, rack pulls, maybe some banded deadlifts. Now, are you doing the banded deadlifts from the floor? Or are you doing those off of the rack pull itself as well? No, if I was doing banded deadlift, I'd probably be doing them from the floor, not, not from the rack. And that'd be sta- like having the band, like you're standing in the band. It's kind of looped around the bar. Uh, I don't know if anyone has like a special setup where they can put the bands on the ends of the bar and they have carabiners. Remember that old setup we used to have at Omni CrossFit? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a setup like that, some really heavy, heavy dumbbells, um, that might work. Um, I think just looping it around the bar and around your feet is, is the easiest way that anyone with a band and a barbell, uh, can set up at home or in the gym. Um, that's probably the, the way that I would, I would do it. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and, this makes uh, me want to deadlift. This makes me want to deadlift. And, you know, I, I mean, like, uh, it would be fun to do, you know, this, this event, but uh, just deadlifting in general, I w- just, again, to keep the positive energy in the world. I, I did some deadlifting today, nothing crazy like this, but now I kind of wished I would have known it was going to be 75 <laughs> or a uh, seconds, you know, and maybe would have mm-hmm. tried just to see with like any kind of weight, like what I can do is 75 seconds. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, if 88% for that, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, trying to go for, for over a minute. I mean, you could try, uh, start something easy, maybe like 80%, start off with 75% and see, um, how that goes. And then maybe the next week, keep bumping it up. You don't want to just totally wreck yourself. Yeah. I think that's a good, a good thing. Like kind of ramp into this, anyone (laughs) listening, you know, Maybe start at that 70, 75%, then go 75, 80% range and then work your way up for it for sure. Yeah. If you're not used to kind of hitting deadlifts in that capacity, it's probably the the safest bet. And also kind of depends on where you are in your training um, with deadlift too. Um, And I would imagine like training too, like, like we mentioned all the way just at the beginning of the show, just volume. Like, uh, like if you're someone who only does singles Cause you know, there's plenty of people out there who only do singles cause singles are fun. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like they get heavy, but sets of five sets of five aren't fun. But if you're, if you're trying to get for that rep out a set of five in general, then I think training sets of five and maybe even a little more is definitely going to be beneficial because having that bar in your hands past three reps, it just feels so different. And I feel at least from a mental standpoint, I know if I'm only doing singles or triples going to five, when you finished a third rep mentally, you're like, I'm in no man's land now. I don't Mm -hmm. know how this is going to feel at all. And that starts to creep into your psyche while you're lifting. And, And then the lifting feels weird. Have you ever experienced that when you go to like a different rep range and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I should be done by now. Yeah, I definitely feel that mental, that mental strain is something important to train. If you're never training tens, even at a lightweight, then you just kind of don't, you, you don't understand how it's going to feel when you have to do, you know, 10, 20 reps. And a lot of times in strongman, you don't really know how many you're going to get because you're lifting a car or you're lifting a tire or you're lifting some odd object and you don't, they don't tell you how much it is. They're like, it's heavy you know, (laughs) but what's, what's heavy to me might not be heavy to somebody else. So you just kind of, you have to, um, train in a lot of 
different ranges. You have to train for 10, you have to train for 15, sometimes you have to train for 20. Um, so, so that you understand mentally how that's going to feel when you're under strain that long. And uh, trust me, um, when you're going for a minute, even at a, at a light weight and you, and you force yourself, you say, hey, I'm not going to put this bar down even once during this minute. That is a mental place that sometimes people don't like to get into, um, especially when you hit 10 reps and then you hit 30 seconds left. And you're like, I still have 30 whole seconds and I just killed myself on this first 10 and I have to keep going um, to force yourself not to stop and to just keep going. Um, that is something mentally you have to, you have to train in yourself. De definitely. And I think that it will help with so many things, you know, on just having the, the mental capacity and courage to keep going in that second 30 mm -hmm. seconds. But also like I know for myself, another thing I was thinking about is uh, being impatient when if, if I'm only doing a certain number of lower reps and now we're going for more just in the set, you can just feel yourself just wanting to be done. Like mm -hmm. I should be moving on and just feeling impatient by having to do more reps because it's so foreign. And I think um, maybe even some CrossFit Metcons could possibly help with some of that because we, we do do those higher rep ranges. Like again, to use Diane mm -hmm. as an example, you would ideally want to be having that first set of 21 with 225 done in less than a minute. And I would actually say probably about 45 seconds would be good timing. Some people will go faster than that, but definitely around there would be a good place to kind of, if you were going to prioritize time, can you do two, 21 reps with 225 in 45 seconds? That's pretty good indicator that you're going to do well on that workout or at least have good pacing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I could see someone training uh, deadlifts specifically to kind of try to get better at that workout where they're, they're giving themselves, okay, I'm going to take this weight for a minute and see how, how many I can do. So 225 for a minute and go as, as, as much as you can to kind of try to help train for that specific workout and uh, understand mentally how you're going to feel when the, when the whistle blows and the clock starts. Yeah. It's like a, it works a two-way street. If you're mm -hmm. someone who maybe doesn't know their max deadlift, which that's a possibility. So you don't know your strength capabilities, but mm -hmm. you do cons all the time and you can kind of measure your strength on, okay, if that workout were to pop up that I know I normally use 185 pounds or 205, you know, maybe I'm not at the RX level for the weight yet to be able to string together multiple reps. You can kind of use other markers if you mm -hmm. train your strength and fitness a different way. And then in turn, using a strongman approach will definitely, I think, help like you get to the next level. Like, okay, you're, you're training for to get five really, really heavy reps at 88% in 75 seconds. Well, I think when you go even more submaximal to 225, if your top end weight 88% is way above that, that's going to help your die in time. Right. Yes. And I also think, um, thinking in, in training in terms of like doing deadlifts for a set amount of time, I think that that may be something that might lend itself very well to CrossFit because CrossFitters are used to being under time constraints, do X amount of work and X amount of time. And so it might be easier for them to kind of translate, um, hey, we're going to do deadlifts today, we're going to do 80%, and we're going to do as many reps as we can in 25 seconds. 
And that might be more familiar and less scary to them than like, ooh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do like three by five at like 85% or, or something like that. Um, that might sound pretty scary, um, but maybe giving it that time domain, like, oh, we're gonna do as many as we can in this many seconds doesn't sound as scary. I like that. I, lo- I love the time component. And I think uh, the, the fun part about all this, like we've just talked about so many, like we have like one tree, you know, it's a branch or it's a, it's a, the trunk is the deadlift and there's just so many branches that can go off it on different ways. Mm-hmm. We can train it for whatever type of activity we're, we're trying to do. And I, you know, of course, just simply doing deadlifts is going to be good for you. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just fun to have all these different possibilities and options and it just helps training not be boring, you know, because mm-hmm. like I, I know, you know, like back in the day following like the 531 powerlifting program where you're doing like 70, 75, 80% of your max for sets of five, you know, on your work sets, that does get boring after the first year, you know, like it mm-hmm. will way before the first year, but you know, if it's all you have at the time, you do it. So it's, it would have been really cool back in the day to have the knowledge on like, well, maybe today we just go for time, you know, and like see how many Mm -hmm. reps you can do at 70%, you know, in 30 seconds. And it's just fun because it's something different. Yeah. I also feel like it's fun because like, it's not a set rep when you think like, Oh, I have to get five reps. Like, you know, and like you said, you're like, Oh, you're on your fourth rep and you wish you were done. It's like, when you do it for time domain, you don't know how many you're going to get. Maybe you will get five, maybe you'll get six it's kind of exciting because you, you don't know how many reps you're going to get. You might have an idea in mind. Um, but I find oftentimes when I, when that clock goes and I think, Ooh, I'm going to get to at least five. And then sometimes I'll get seven or eight. And I'm like, it's like, <laughs> you don't mind that you did the extra work because you're so excited. I don't know. It's yeah, no. And it's a, it's a totally different mindset approach versus if yeah. maybe your coach is like, all right, you're going to do sets of eight or you're going to build up to a max weight of eight reps. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love the unknowable aspect of it. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, what I enjoy about it. So anytime I can do deadlifts that way, I definitely take advantage and do them like that. And it lends to my sport. So that's definitely second advantage. Awesome. Well, Kat, this has been so much fun. A, another record setting event. Uh, it looks like uh, so Raonu tied the, the world record and it seems like multiple people have that. So they're going to have to revisit this one with some more deadlifters. Maybe they'll get Thor to come in and like get 10 reps. Maybe he could do it. Uh, like I, I, maybe he can get close to 10. I don't know, but we'll have to do this again. There's going to be more records yeah. coming. Uh, in the meantime though, where can people follow you and see all your lifting? So you can find me on Instagram. It's at strong caddy. And then you can find me on Facebook. Um, Catherine Toniati Anilovich, the longest name you've ever seen. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I probably recommend Instagram. It's I mostly post only sports things on Facebook. So one or the other. Yeah. Now, are you posting lifts regularly on your Instagram? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to force myself this week to post something. Yeah, let's go. Come on. We got to get some new videos on there. I am horrible. Like, uh, I posted, I think like three times within like 10 days 
And then I'll go like two months and I won't post anything. And then the next time I post something, I'll make like three posts again within like the next 10 days, like, like sprints and then nothing. Yeah. I, I I'm the same way. Like I, I had a posting spree a couple of weeks ago and then I'm like, this, this is just taking up a lot of time and work and energy. And I'm like, uh, it's, it's uh, you get really caught up in it. So I, I really, I guess I can't give you too much flack about it. Cause I'm the exact same way. Uh, yeah. But, but then again, Hey, uh, you're putting up more exciting lifting than I am. So the people demand it. They need to see more cat. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to come up with something interesting. I haven't posted in a while. I just, I just bought a yoke at, at Dick's. Uh, they were on clearance for like $165. Wait, Dick's but, Sporting Goods is selling yokes? Yeah. So um, I, uh, I let all my strongman buddies know, but if anyone listening here is in the capital region in Albany, you could go check out Dick Sporting Goods at Crossgates. And uh, they had two left last I was there for $160 or so. Whoa. Yeah. That's a steal. The, the ones we have from Rogue are like $500 or more. Yeah, these, these are pretty good quality. I would say not quite as good as Rogue, although in some aspects they have some features I like. Um, more than the rogue ones because these ones come with little uh, bars that you put out where you can like store weights like weight storage um, and it comes with like j-hooks and things like that so you can use it as a squat rack oh my goodness like how, you can't go wrong with that being able just to no. use it as a squat rack which ours do that too but like I said like for $160 clearance that's worth a trip to Albany like just to drive out with your truck and oh yeah and I don't know if like other stores, cause uh, they said they were discontinuing them. So um, maybe uh, Dick's Sporting Goods around the country have some on clearance. So go to your local one and just, it's worth an ask. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna text a couple people once we get off here and let them know. Uh, cause yeah. there are some people who might be interested in picking up a, 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 a yoke and wow, that's a, I, I, had, I had no idea. Like, I can't even tell you the last time I stepped foot in a Dick's Sporting Goods store, which actually, Actually, I do remember. It was so like maybe like last fall or something like that. But it's um, it, it, I had no idea they were in the strongman game. So that's kind of really cool to see that equipment being you know coming out and being so commercial. Yeah, they they definitely do have um, some. I think they they sell they sell barbells and plates and and like weight racks and things like that. A lot of like rogue esque stuff. I don't know if they have a log. I know they have like sleds and like landmine uh, things and like farmer's handles, certainly um, for pretty cheap um, wow. compared to like Rogue and, and things like that if you are on a budget. But yeah, I'll have to do a Rogue post or a yoke post uh, maybe this week, something new and different. <laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. That'd be very cool to see what, what the yoke looks like too. And here we'll, we'll end on a, a little story. I'll make fun of myself. I do remember... I'm remembering now when the last time I was in Dick's Sporting Goods. So I've only cat recently gotten into wearing joggers, the, um, okay. the, the, the sweatpants thing. Cause when you have short legs, not everything looks cool on you and whatnot. So I have to find the right type of, of clothing to wear that will match my physique. So I was in Dick's Sporting Goods and I'm looking through all the joggers and I bought a pair that fit well. And I thought looked nice off of the rack and I went and I bought it and it just, it was always weird. I wore it for weeks at the gym. I wore it at an event at CrossFit Sona. And then I realized that 
it, I had bought a woman's pair of joggers and not known it because it was in it was in the men's section. So I, I realized I, that I had been tricked. You know, I, I brought it back, I returned it, and I haven't been back to Dick's Sporting Goods since. So that's my my uh, my clothing snafu. I wore it forever. No one told me. Oh man, you should have kept them. They looked good. You maybe, maybe, but I was like, and I was like, why are the pockets weird? Like I, that should have been the oh. first, the first thing that kind of popped up in my head. And plus, they were like they were gray, like a charcoal gray, but they were speckled. Like normally, if it would be, I think a a, a men's pair of joggers, it would probably be just like a full slate gray or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it had like those little white dots all over it. And I was like, well, these look cool. They they felt comfortable. And out of all the ones I tried on, they they fit the best. So, uh, so I'll make fun of myself a little bit. That's my Dick Sporting Goods jogger story. Oh, man. Those pockets should have been a dead giveaway. They never put good pockets in ladies' clothes. Well, like I said, I've, <laughs> I've, never, I've never bought a pair of joggers before. I don't buy clothes, Kat. I have the, the, <laughs> the pair of shorts I'm wearing right now are the same pair of shorts that I used to wear all the way back in 2011. And actually, I bought them in 2009 so i just i don't buy new clothes normally i buy order t-shirts online and they're all weightlifting t-shirts so it's like uh this was that was my my last failed attempt at trying to buy normal people clothes out in public oh well you know you should get a pair of those fancy leggings like rob kearney instead there we go yeah that's i just need to take it to the next level and have uh, awesome leggings he wears them and zadrunas wears leggings too so I, I feel like they can get away with it though, because of the amount of weight that they're lifting. Like, like when you look at me lifting my small stone or something like that, it's like, ah, I feel like it's different. Ah, no, no way. Or maybe, maybe it'll give me more strength. I don't know. The only way to know is to try. That's true. We'll see. That's true. They might be so comfortable. You won't even want to wear shorts ever again. You might be like, I will never get a deadlift stuck on these shorts ever again. They will just glide right up. Exactly. Well, I do. I love to lift in joggers because like, like I said, it, nothing catches on them and it feels very compact. So I feel like the next step is, is the tights. It is the tights. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a pair of virus tights. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones, I think those ones or a Galveo has a, I don't know how expensive those are though. Those are the ones that Zadrunas wears all the time. Yeah. Squat proof because he, they are squat proof because huh. he posts his squat videos in them and you know, don't have to worry about, <laughs> about like them being see-through or breaking yeah, or anything like that. Don't have to worry about the bum showing. Yep. <laughs> All right. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. You're making me, you're making me think this isn't the right way to go about it. Then uh, I'm going to have to work up to this mentally. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe that'll be, maybe that's a 2021 thing that'll happen. Okay. I, need, I feel like I need to maybe work my way up to, to tights. All right, that's your goal to do, uh, let's see, one to two workouts in 2021 with leggings just to see if you like them. Okay, I can, I can agree with that. So I have until the new year to mentally prepare myself and get myself ready and find the pair of tights that speaks to me and my that's soul. Right. And then in 2021, I will do a couple workouts to try it out in private. I'll go to the gym when no one's there. Some of the lights will be on, not all of them. And I'll do it. And I don't know if I'll film it. Maybe I will. And I'll, I'll decide to post it. We'll see. It'll be a whole thing. Okay. I'll trust your word. Yeah. This, this, you know, this, this year I tried my first energy drink 
I don't drink energy drinks and I'd never had oh, really? a bang energy drink or anything like that. And when John North came to town for a seminar uh, back in January, I tried my first one. So uh, I'm not afraid to try and uh, I'll try. So this, uh, this is something that we'll have to do. All right. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Uh, anyone, thanks for having me. Anyone listening, make sure you head on over to the barbell strikes back on Instagram, follow the show's page, follow me, James A. McDermott, uh, follow strong caddy on Instagram. Uh, if you need to find her page, it will be linked to the, the post on the barbell strikes back Instagram page. So you'll be able to find it there. Uh, also make sure you head on over to iTunes and Apple and give the show a five-star rating and leave some feedback or a positive comment, anything like that. If you want to say hi, that's cool too. Thank you so much for listening. And Kat, thank you again for coming on. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for having me.